Hey, welcome to Revive at Your Place. It is so good of you to tune in this morning. I know it's only been two weeks that we've been doing this, but I have missed you guys like crazy. And I can't wait till we're all back together again. I hope you're all doing really well, that you've been safe, that you've been taken care of. If you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. We, we are living in incredible times at the moment. And if the world needs Jesus at any time, I think the world needs Jesus now. And so this morning, I want, I want to talk to you through the Go Fishing series, the last part of that series. And I want to talk to you this morning about muddy waters. And I call it muddy waters because I think that what we have done is we've made salvation an incredibly difficult thing more than what it needs to be. In fact, I would suggest to you that sometimes pastors like me have made it more complicated than what we need to make it. And the gospel really is a simple thing. It really is uh, not complicated in any way, way at all. And I just believe, I want to I share with you this morning just an easy way that you can share with those around you, whether you're talking to them on the phone, whether you're online or whatever, uh, that you're able to share with them what the real gospel is, the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. The reality is, is that we have made it complicated sometimes, but there really is not 42 ways to come to Jesus. There really is only two. And two questions that we need answers to, and that is what does a person need to know to become a Christian? And what does a person need to do to become a Christian? What do they need to know? And what do they need to do? There's nothing more than that. It's not that complicated. It's pretty simple. The answer to these two questions really is the same answer for everybody that has ever found Christ as their Savior. In fact, John 3.16 gives us four easy steps that we can use to lead someone to Christ. And we know the scripture a lot if we've been a Christian for a long time, but John 3.16, in case you haven't, says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but receive everlasting life. It really sums up the gospel in one verse and four simple steps. So what we need to know is this, is we need to know the first thing in that verse, the first thing we need to know is that God loved. God loved. God is not angry. God is not upset. God is not wild with anybody. He wasn't ticked off and angry with the world. But God loves the world. God loves you. God loves every single individual, your neighbor, your colleague at work, every single person on the face of the planet. God loves them. God is love. God cannot be anything but that. So God loved and then God gave. So for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God gave. He sent his son to die for our sins on the cross. He sent his most precious son to die for you and I. He didn't send something uh, else. He sent his very best to die on the cross for you and me. He gave his absolute best was. And the fact that he sent his son proves once again that God loved because you wouldn't send the most precious thing to die on the cross for you and I if you were angry or ticked off with the world. You wouldn't do that. It was love. He wasn't chasing us to punish us. God chases us to rescue us. It's a little bit like if you're walking down the road with your children when they're little, I don't know, 
how many of you got out this week to go for a walk, but I know we used to take the kids for walks quite often when they were younger and three or four years of age, they're wanting to race off ahead of you, they're wanting to walk their own pace and you hang behind them as they're walking along and you know, the only time you kind of chase after them is if there's a car coming out of a driveway at a rapid rate of knots or they're starting to detour onto the road. And, and you don't chase after that child because you want to punish them. You, you chase after them because you want to rescue them. And we have to understand that God loves us so much that he gave his son for us, not for punishment, but to rescue. He came after us to rescue us, not to punish us. So we need to know that God loves us. We need to know that God gave. But what do we need to do? Well, the Bible's really clear. The Bible says that we need to believe. For God so loved the world that he gave, that whoever believes, we need to believe. We need to believe in what he has done. We need to believe that Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. We need to believe that if we believe in Jesus, we're not going to perish, but we're going to have an everlasting life. You know, the Bible says the word believe in the Greek, which was written in, means to put your weight on. It means it's a little bit like as you sat down on a chair today or your sofa today or your couch today, as you're watching this online, you put your complete and total trust into that chair to carry your weight. You didn't hesitate, you didn't check it out first, you didn't you know, put some pressure on it to make sure it could handle the load that was about to come onto it. Some of you, if you've been stuck inside for a wee while now and haven't gone for walks, that load might be more this week than it was last week. But here's the thing, you completely and totally trusted in whatever you sat on today to carry the load, to bear the load. And this whole thing to believe in God, it virtually means to put all our weight upon it. It means to trust in it completely, that it can carry the load of our lives, that it can carry the weight of our sin. We're putting our trust in and we're believing in him. We're believing in what he has done for him. Because it isn't about your commitment to God. It's about God's commitment to you. It isn't about you promising God. It's about God's promise to you. And it isn't about you giving to God. It's about you receiving the free gift that he gave you. God loved. God gave. We believe. And then it says we receive. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but receive everlasting life. You see, we receive eternal life from him as soon as we believe in him. And we mistake that eternal life means living forever, but eternal life doesn't mean living forever because that verse says that once we receive Christ, once we believe in him, then we receive eternal life in the now not the then. It's not after we die that we have eternal life, but we start to live an eternal life now. Everybody lives forever. Every single person that's ever been born, ever will be born, that has ever walked the face of this planet, every single person lives forever. It's just either somewhere where God is or somewhere where God isn't. All of us have eternal life. All of us live forever. The kind of eternal life that God is talking about here is not about living forever. 
It's, it's in your heart and your soul that you know there's more to this life. We're eternal beings made in His image. And the promise is not that you'll live forever. Everyone lives forever. The promise is that you'll have eternal life. And that word life there is the word zoe, which is a God kind of life. The kind of life where God is shining and being in your world. And even as we go through this period of season that we're in right now as a nation, it's like you, you have if you know him, you have God life, you have Zoe life, you have a great life, be encouraged. This is not the end. This is not something that we should be afraid of or concerned about. We've got that God life on the inside of us. We've got that God life around us. We've got God kind of life, that eternal life, the one where we know that God makes a difference. This whole thing of eternal life, basically it translates into a brand new standing with God. We're given the righteousness of Christ. That's why when we become a Christian, we, we start to change. It's not that God's intention right from the start is to get you to change before you find Him. It's just as that God kind of life, that eternal life starts to operate on the inside of you as you receive Him, all of a sudden, you, your life starts to change. All of a sudden, things start to seem brighter. Things start to seem better. All of a sudden, those things that you've struggled with in the past, God starts to put his hand upon and he starts to bring healing and change. And that life, that God life starts to rise up on the inside of you. You see, I've never heard anybody say, oh, when I come to, when I became a Christian, I, I became more disciplined. When I became a Christian, I, I became better with my time. No, that never heard that. Whenever I speak to somebody that has found Christ, that has found Him as their Lord and Savior, what I always hear is that I just started to change. God changed my life. I don't know what it is. I just got this new kind of life on the inside of me. I just see things differently. I just, those things that used to upset me don't upset me anymore. I just have a different perspective on things now. I, I see things through God's eyes rather than through my past experiences. What that is, friend, is that you got you got God life. You got that God kind of life happening on the inside of you. The ability to handle temptations differently. The the ability to have a completely different worldview than what you used to have. You start to see yourself differently, which is such an important thing in this world. You, you, you start doing that, friend, you got, you got that life. You got that eternal life. You got that Zoe life. You got that God kind of life. Why? Because God gave... First of all, God loved, then God gave, we receive, we believe, sorry, and then we receive. Let me say that again. God loved, God gave, we believe, we receive. It's really that simple. The gospel is not complicated. But if it's so simple, Craig, why, why is the book so big? Why is the Bible so huge? Because sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I don't know about you, but I find it really confusing. You see, the reason we have the Bible is not to confuse us. The Bible is there to show us the story of the gospel over thousands of years. The same four things that God loves, God gives we believe and we receive. 
from the beginning all the way through to the end flows God's salvation and grace and mercy and goodness to mankind. The Bible is hundreds and hundreds of years old and it's all about God loving the world and God preparing the world so that he can give us his son. See, the Bible is complicated at times, but salvation is not. Salvation is not complicated. God loved, God gave, we believe and we receive. It goes on after John 3.16, maybe this is a verse you haven't heard that often, but in John 3.17 it says this, that for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God didn't send his son to condemn us and to punish us and to get on our cases about what it is that we think we've done wrong or what others think we've done wrong. You see, the world was already condemned before Christ came. The world was already separated from God before Christ came. You see, when God sent his son, it wasn't to condemn it, but to rescue it, to save it. The world was already condemned, but Christ came to lift the condemnation. As it says in Romans, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to lift that off us so that we don't live a condemned life, but we live a free life, a God kind of life. He sent his son to save the world. God was consumed so concerned that he did what a person does that loves someone. He gave all that he had to rescue them. It's not a performance, but it's a rescue mission that Christ came on to give us eternal life. You see, people don't spend eternity separated from God because of their sin. There's a solution for sin. It's Jesus. People don't spend an eternity separated from God because of their sin. Sin has a solution and his name is Jesus. People spend an eternity separated from God because they have not believed in and received the gift of eternal life. That is the issue. Sin's not the issue. God doesn't have a problem with sin. God sent his son as a solution to sin. The issue is not the sin of the world. The issue is that we have not believed that he sent his son to die for us. It has been paid for, and the reason the gospel is called the good news is because it's not about performing better or doing better or attending this meeting or that meeting or praying for that one more or doing this more or giving more or serving more. The reason it's called the good news is because it's this. God loved. God gave. We believe. We receive. The good news is, is we don't have to do anything. He's done it all for us. And we can share that with people. We can tell them, hey, God loves you. God's not angry with you. God gave his son for you. All you have to do is believe. Put your weight on. Trust in him. And you'll receive eternal life. A Zoe kind of life. That God kind of life right now in this moment. People might say, well, I don't believe that. And you know what? That's their choice, and that's okay. But let's make sure that what they don't believe about the gospel isn't because we've complicated it. It isn't because of all the peripheral stuff that is going on. It's not because of all the religious activities. It's that they don't believe because they've chosen not to believe. 
Let's not get caught up in the complicatedness that some people have made the gospel. Let's keep it, keep it simple. That God loved, God gave. We believe and we receive. It is that simple. Let's make sure that if they reject Christ, our friends and family and work colleagues and those around us, that if they reject Christianity, that they reject Christianity and not some sort of distortion or complicated version of Christianity. You see, our job is to live out and when we get the opportunity to lay it out. Our job is to live out this God love, God gave, we believe and we receive. Our job is to live that out and then to lay it out for others when they start to ask the question about how come your life is the way that it is? How come your life is going so good? Because you've got that eternal life, that God life happening on the inside of you. I really believe over this season, over this period of time, over the next three weeks, even though we're in lockdown, that we can share this simple gospel message with those around us. That we're at a time where people are desperate for the things of God. They're desperate to be rescued from the stuff that is going on. We have the answer, friend. The church is the answer to the world. And Christ paid the price so that we can give the answer to all of their questions. I want to encourage you over this season, over this time, let's not, let's not hold back from sharing about what we believe about Him, but let's step forward. Let's not let the fear of reaching out to Him, reaching out to those around us to share what He has done for us. Let's not Let's not be ruled by that fear. Let's be ruled by faith as we speak to people, as we encourage them, as we uplift them, as we share with them that God kind of life that's happening on the inside of us. Hey, I want to pray for you this morning as we come to a close, that you'd have confidence, just that God confidence to share the simple message of God love, God gave, we believe, we receive with your friends and your families. And if you're not experiencing that kind of eternal life now and the now, that God kind of life, I want to pray for you as well, that you'd find that life vitality come on the inside of you. Let's pray just for a moment. Maybe grab the hand of the person sitting beside you if you want to in the house that you're in, in your bubble. And let's pray that God would come into your room right now and he'll start to touch your life. Father, we thank you so much that you made it so simple, that you loved us, that you gave to us, that we believe and we receive this God kind of life. Give us the confidence, Father, to share this with those around us, to share this with our friends and our family. Even though we can't see them face to face, we can see them online and share through phone conversations. And for those that aren't experiencing that kind of God, God kind of life right now, where maybe there's a fear going on. Father, I pray that you release, release that eternal life onto the inside of them, that they would be filled with the Zoe God kind of life on the inside of them. Amen. God, guys, I, I pray that you'd have a great week. We are with you. We believe in you. We want to see you next Sunday. Let us know if you need anything. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Can't wait to see you next week.